Welcome everybody to the University of Applied Research and Development. This is our Educators Podcast and I'm delighted to have Dr. Val Marguerite, who's the Professor of Education and Sociology at Strayer University and the author of Why Not You? How to Become an Empowered Woman. Welcome Val. Thank you. Thank you so much, Greg. Thank you so much for this opportunity. It's great to be here. I would love for you to show us your book. Do you have a copy there that you can show us? Absolutely, I do. It's right here. Look how beautiful it is. Why not you? <laughs> and it's available on Amazon? Absolutely, it's available on Amazon, Greg, in both formats, hard copy and uh, electronic ebook. Fantastic. I was looking at your profile on LinkedIn and I just thought, well, I need to get Dr. Val to tell us about her motivation for writing the book and what's in the book. So tell us about the book. Oh, sure, sure. We'll begin with the book. Um, the motivation for the book uh, really is um, my mother. Let's begin there because yes, yes, she, uh, she has been very instrumental in my life. She's no longer with us, uh, unfortunately, sadly, but uh, my mother uh, didn't have an opportunity to go to school, like about 800 million people around the world. My mother was one of them. And growing up with a mother who couldn't read and write, but was the smartest person I have ever known, uh, that really inspired me. I was saddened by it, of course, when I learned, but it also inspired me to really pursue an education and challenge myself, my, you know, spiritually and physically and mentally. And so when the opportunity came, and of course, in this conversation, I'm sure we'll have a, a, a chance to discuss, uh, you know, education, transformational education and so forth. But um, coming back to the book, uh, how to be, why not you, right? You know, many people are asking this question. Why not me? Why not you? Why not you? Right? I can do this or I can't do that. And, and so we learned that we are a product of our environment. And it really begins with the mindset. And I wanted to write this book to show specifically to, you know, women and young girls that, uh, yes, it can be you. And this is how you do it. So how to become an empowered woman, it's all about self-empowerment. And that simply means to have control over your life, right? Over every aspect of your life, finances, career, education, health, relationship, hobbies, everything. And we find, Craig, that uh, this is really a problem because we are not teaching this in education, you see? So you see, this is coming full circle. Because if we teach these principles in our educational institutions, then we are going to educate and cultivate generations of girls and women who are going to be confident, right? And are going to, to, to be assertive and speak up for what they want. And as a result, I think we can have a better world when the other 51% joins everyone else. Don't you think? I think it's fantastic. As the father of two daughters, I absolutely love what you're saying. Yes, yes, yes. So, so the book really, it's, it's, um, uh, it has uh, uh, about five principal pillars, right? That uh, it's really the foundation to a holistic life. And we'll talk more about that. But it's emotional empowerment, for example, health 
empowerment, uh, financial empowerment, career empowerment, political empowerment, and spiritual empowerment. So imagine, these are the pillars, right? Just like a house. To have a solid house, you need to have a solid foundation, right? Exactly. So the same thing with life. We need to really think about, okay, what are the pillars mm. that I should be working on to make sure they're solid enough to sustain my life, especially when we have challenges or crises like we have right now. Right. That's great. A lot of people don't, don't number one, make a decision to improve those areas of their life because number two, they haven't actually thought about what are the areas of my life where I'm not taking complete ownership and control of to be able to grow, to empower myself. Are you able to, are you able to bring that to your role as the professor of education and sociology? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I am a coach and I am a trainer and I am a leader. So absolutely, and that's precisely why I love it. I love it because, you know, you, you said that we are not, you know, uh, people don't have this, this mindset, right? They don't know, maybe they don't know what they want, how to do it, how to plan mm -hmm. it, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, you know, I, as an educator, as a trained educator practitioner, I can tell you that we are not teaching these things in school. Right. So that's why a lot of people, that's why a lot of people go through life, right? They, they get out of school and they don't really know what they want out of life because mm. we are not discussing. We are not discussing these incredibly important questions. Why are we here? What do I want out of my life? Uh, mm. What do I want to do with my life? Uh, what kind of contribution do I want, you know, to, to give to my community and to the world? We are not discussing these things, Craig. So, uh, you know, uh, yes, they, they, you know, to a certain extent, they may uh, also be responsible for, for some of the choices and decisions. But let's um, uh, make no mistake that the, the institution, uh, primarily education, is not teaching people how to live fulfilling, meaningful lives. So how do you bring that to your role with the university and the education department, how do you do that? Right. So, for example, in my classes, which I love to teach, I love to teach because, you know, every time I teach, I have an opportunity to change lives. Mm. And as a transformational educator, and what I mean by transformational educator, it's really about change. So I'm going to the mindset. Uh, you know, uh, in, the, in the past six, seven years, I have really been immersed in the science of learning, the science of, of uh, you know, the brain, neuroplasticity, how we learn, how we perceive reality, how we think, right? So I already know, right? I already know that we are capable to do anything we want as far as ability, capability, right? Mm -hmm. So we can start there as far as capability. So I already know when I go into the classroom, I know students are capable. So what they need, right? What they need is someone to come in like myself, <laughs> right? Who understands how, you know, uh, you know uh, who understands mindset and behavior and emotions. So I create learning environment 
that are ready for students to walk in and, and be creative and visualize and interact and collaborate so they can really explore and find out, wait a minute, I had no idea I can do this and that. So educators need to understand that in order for students to succeed, we have to create learning environments that are ready for success. So that's one of the ways that I do that. Another is when I train, uh, when I train teachers, faculty, uh, it's about understanding how to have a vision for the course, right? How to set up the course. I think there is no secret that education is not doing very well, right? Worldwide. I mean, think about it. Mm. Uh, more than half the students are left behind. They either drop out or they don't graduate. Right. Now, that, that is a problem. That is another crisis, if you're asking. Tragedy. Yes, that's a tragedy. That's even a better word. Thank you. Exactly. That's a tragedy. And to say that we are not able to come up with a solution, I don't take that. I, I, I can't agree with that. Mm. So, right. So before it's too late, we need to figure something out. And I'm here to say that we don't need another policy or a reform. That's what we've been doing. Okay. For the past 20 years, I don't know how many decades, this is what we we've been doing another reform another policy another um, uh, you know another um, uh, law you name it and we haven't been uh, really uh, um, we haven't moved the needle right the students are still not performing and those who are performing Greg are not ready for the real world mm. right so they have that degree and they can't really do much with it because they don't have the skills that the fourth uh, uh, industrial revolution requires students to have. And so what I trained faculty is to really think about mindsets is the first one and, and, and bring the students into the conversation. The students need to be part of the conversation. Education, it's about the students. And guess what? The students are not part of it. Everybody else is making decisions, right? Except the students. Right. I mean, you know, who knows better than the students? We need to empower the students to take ownership over their education, their learning outcomes. Mm. And how we do that, how we do that, Greg, is to invite students to the conversation. So, number one, instruction needs to know who are the students. Because you cannot create courses and lectures and assignments without understanding your students, right? Mm. I mean, think about it. What is the secret? What is the secret to uh, Google, Amazon, Apple, Netflix? What's their secret? Personalized, <laughs> personalized shopping, personalized viewing. They know everything there is to know about you to their right. interface. Yep. Yes? Yep. Why can't we do that for learning? Right. Learning is a process. It's not standard. Every student is different. And their dreams and aspirations and, and, and fears, they bring all of it into the classroom. And yet we are asking them to take a standardized test. Right. That's, yep. that's just wrong. And... You know, I know we can do better and we know how to do it better. 
Of course. So the first thing is for faculty, you know, to, to really think about who are their students. So they need to work closely to other departments to find out who their students are. At the minimum, they need to have data on, you know, age, uh, background, socioeconomics, uh, part-time, full-time, uh, online, face-to-face. -face. They need to understand their population, just like in business, right? A business will, will not be successful or in business without understanding they are demographics. Mm. We need to do the same in education. So that's the first one. The second one is based on that data, right? We have the data now. Based on that data, we need to understand how people learn. It is really disheartening to uh, know that many educators do not know or do not know enough how people learn. I mean, think about it. How can we even understand or conceptualize when we say achieving your full potential? How? When the most powerful computer sits right here between our ears. You know? And yet, it's, it's, it's the most underused and, you know, we know so little about. We know more about the Apple uh, computers and the iPhones than our own computer. Right. And so I train and I tell the faculty and even my students, you really have to understand how your brain works. And once you do, and you take ownership, once you understand your mindsets, your beliefs, your behaviors, your, your perceptions, right? Then you will be able to redirect your focus and really understand what you need to do. I call it uh, brain filters. I just had a webinar on brain filters. You need to have the filters on because if you don't, you are going to have all this information coming in from all places and you are going to be overwhelmed and not learn right. anything. Yep. Right. So that's the second one. The third one, based on all of that, you create assignments. You create assignments that are related to students' needs. And you bring all of this into the classroom. You can even make it live, Craig, you know? This is what I say. I walk into my classroom and I say, students, let's have this course, a memorable experience for all of us. This course is about you. Let's create a vision together. What do you want? What do you want out of this course? What learning outcomes should we think about that will help you in the real world immediately? Let's not waste time, mm -hmm. right? So together, you see, together, uh, I invite them to the conversation and I have them tell me what they want out of it because it's their education. And when we do that, Craig, guess what happens? They're motivated, right? right. Yep. They're motivated. They're working harder than ever and they are becoming transformed and of course ready for the real world mm -hmm. and the last one you know is reflection reflection is mandatory reflection is mandatory i reflect i do journaling every day my students do that too and this is how they learn to become uh, the leaders we need for the problems we have in the world to become uh, really uh, serious about their personal development and growth and to journal that every day so they can see their progress and they can adapt and adjust because that's the, what the world needs. They need mm -hmm. leaders who can adjust, adjust and adapt as the need arises.
What faculty are these students going to graduate from? Is it education? So they're going to become teachers or? Yes, uh, I, so I teach sociology and I teach education. The sociology, so, uh, social sciences, uh, these are students from different majors, business, okay. technology, accounting, different majors. So they take social studies, sociology as one of their, I, I believe it's mandatory. But of course, when they take the class with me, they realize that this course should be mandatory. Everyone should take sociology. I mean, <laughs> sociology, hello. It's about the world. It's about the people. It's about understanding different perspectives and having cognitive flexibility to understand the world around you. What's mm -hmm. better than that? It's fascinating, right? So that's the sociology part. And then the other one is educational leadership. And here, yes, my students are going to become teachers, educational leaders, principals, whatever they want. I love it. So I've got who are you, how do you learn, making sure the assignments are related to student needs, and then developing the power of reflection. I love that. Imagine the next generation, the next wave of teachers and educational leaders coming through with those four perspectives when they're coming into the classroom, when they're developing team members and leading schools. I think that'll be very powerful. I hope everyone watching this is making notes. Just before yeah. we finish, Dr. Val, I'd love for you to share with us from your perspective, because we've got developing leaders, aspiring leaders in our master's in education program, as well as directors and principals. What would you yes. say are two or three maybe career tips or experiences that education, educators and educational leaders should, should focus on developing in themselves? Yes, definitely, definitely. Um, First, self-awareness. Self-awareness, it's incredibly important. Uh, cultural and emotional intelligence. We live in a global world and global problems require global solutions. And when we have different perspectives at the table, we are most likely uh, going to find solutions to the problems. Uh, I will also advise on having a holistic view when it comes to leadership, because when we have a holistic perspective to leadership, when we lead people from a uh, inspirational, right, and transformational perspective, then we are looking in bringing the best in people. And for that, we need to be best ourselves. So, uh, we talked a little earlier about energy as being the next currency for the 21st mm. century, right? Energy and stamina. Now, how are we going to manage energy and stamina? Leaders, they absolutely need to understand who they are as people first. Where is their motivation coming from? What is their goal? What do they want to achieve? Because transformational leaders, and the leaders who are going to be around as we are going through so many changes are the leaders who are going to look out for their people, who, are, who understand that there is a greatness in every person ready to mm. be unleashed. And they are looking for people, they are looking for leaders who are all about personal growth and development. And they see that in every person 
that they have on their team. Just as I do with my students, I match, you know, assessments because I understand students have diverse learning abilities, different interests. The same thing with leaders. When we match people with their strengths and then they, we give them assignments that are a bit challenging so they can grow every day, those people are going to be with you supporting you and helping you achieve greatness all the way because you have their back. You care about them. You are there for them and you are listening to what they have to say. So this is, uh, I think what leaders need to do going forward. I love that. Thank you so much, Dr. Val, for your time today being with us. I'd love for you to hold up your book one more time because I'm sure people oh, yes. want to get a copy of it. Yes, yes, yes. Why not you, How to Become an Empowered Woman? And on my website also, valmargoli.com, I have um, uh, different webinars about, um, uh, about leadership and education and online teaching and training. And I am also developing courses about confidence and leadership. But on my website, I would say that is the main point for people to learn more about me and what we have to offer. Because I believe what you're doing, Craig, thank you so much again for having me here. I think once we find our tribe, Right. Once mm. we find the people who, who believe that every person has something to contribute, every person is worthy of, of, of acknowledging their potential and having opportunities to achieve their highest potential, then we can make progress. Fantastic. Dr. Val, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Greg. Thank you. Thank you.